0: Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the Kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, tomorrow is the first day of 2024. And I was talking with some people beside, before church, and if they did their math right, if you would like to celebrate New Year's with me, I was told you could celebrate it on London time at 5 p.m., which sounds pretty good to me. If you would like to congratulate me personally on the new year, you can, you're welcome to give me that text message at midnight. I don't plan on seeing it. I don't plan on welcoming it in. Megan will be up, I'm sure. It's just not me. Uh, but uh, with New Year's comes new emphasis for a lot of people. You may call it New Year's Resolutions. We're welcoming the New Year in with a week of prayer every day this week at 7 p.m. and praying different things. And I know some people say, you know, Pastor, New Year's resolutions, New Year challenges, they don't work. Well, you know what else doesn't work? Doing nothing, right? Just staying the same doesn't produce anything new uh, either. And so I'm, I'm inviting you this week to join me in a week of Reset Through Prayer and I've got, three, I've got three objectives for this week of prayer. Sometimes I think if you don't have a goal, it's hard to hit. You can't hit a goal you don't have. And so I have three goals for us this week in the week of prayer. Um, and they're real simple. They're, they're really wide, but they're really simple. So, how, uh, Pastor, what are you wanting out of me? What are you wanting for our church for the week of prayer? Here's three things I'm wanting. Number one. I'm wanting an increased intimacy with God. Increased intimacy with the Lord. Here's one thing I know about every single person in this room who are connected online today. All of us could, could stand for our intimacy with the Lord to be Increased. Right, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Jesus follower, how passionately you love Him. Here's what I know our intimacy with God, our relationship with God, can always grow. So, I'm praying this week that your intimacy with the Lord will grow. Number two, I'm praying that our alignment with His Word will grow, that we will come more in line with the Word of God than ever before, that we will not just well, Pastor, what does alignment with the word means? It means I don't just become familiar with it, but I allow God to apply it to me. And number three, I'm praying for inspired serving. Inspired service. Did you know that every gift of the Holy Spirit is given with one, one purpose? And the one purpose is not to make you feel better. The one purpose is to be better witnesses for the Lord, to see ministry done better in a more powerful way. So I'm praying for inspired serving to rest upon our people, that those who are fueling the work of the kingdom through the assembly and in our community today, that they would have a new fuel for their spiritual fire that's found in their intimacy with the Lord this week. By the way... I don't think that's just three things that you could expect from a week of prayer. I think that's three things that all of us should expect from our daily time of prayer in the Word all year long. Amen? So our theme verse for this week is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. It says, Since then we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Father, I'm thankful that you're our present help in time of trouble, that we, you have grace for us, you have provision for us, you have miracles for us. You have strength for us. You have provision for us. And you have it in the moments that we need it most. God, when our, our efforts run out, when our abilities run out, Lord, you have grace for us. And I pray that we would hold firmly to that truth and that we would boldly come before you, not just this week, but in 2024. We close out 23 believing for more. We're going to begin 24 Believing for More. We're going to be bold in asking you for more today. Help me today to preach what you want preached. Help us to hear what the Word of God would want spoken in this place today. And we'll give you thanks for it. Everybody in the room say amen. I want to talk just a minute, bring a little bit of clarity about some of what I'm saying today. First off, I want you to know that when I say pray bold prayers, I want to talk about the source of our boldness. Boldness in prayer does not come from our ability. It doesn't come from our entitlement. Nor does boldness in prayer come from our expertise. It's certainly not a result of our righteousness, our deserving, or our earning. There's some thinking out there that says, if I'm good enough, then God will answer me. If I do enough, then I can pray boldly and expect Answers, but, but did you notice what that type of bold prayer does? That bold prayer puts all the pressure of performance on us instead of the Lord. It puts all the pressure on us earning something from God. When how many understand Jesus went to the cross so that we, we that can't earn anything get things better than what we deserve? Amen. God is not in the business of getting us what we deserve. He's in the business of giving us more than we deserve. Amen? Salvation is more than you deserve. Freedom from your past is more than you deserve. Right? So bear, bold prayers doesn't come from, from who we are or what we can do for God. A bold prayer comes from what He is eager to do for us. It's a bold prayer because it comes from His love for us, His adoption of us, His power that he made available to us. A bold prayer is an expression of confidence not just in God, but confidence in the heart of God towards us. That's why we got to have bold prayers. I think we need bold prayers because attacks are bold, the enemy's bold, sin is bold. You can look at our world today and say, "Man, the world is so twisted and so Post-Christianity seems to be the, the theme of America today. But I would just like to, can I just tell you, a lack of morality in a nation or in a country has never been an obstacle to what God wants to do. If you look through history, there are times when when the Word of God and the people of God were valued the least, is when God showed up and did the most, right? He is not limited by our surroundings. I think the only thing that He's ever limited by is by our ability to, to, to ask Him to pray boldly according to His Word. So how do I pray a bold prayers? Well, real quick this morning. Number one, bold prayers are derived, they stem from, they come out of intimacy with Jesus. Hebrews 4, 14 says, since then we have a high priest. The word doesn't say since there is a high priest, it says since we have a high priest. I love that personal pronoun, we, possessive, we have, not that someone else has, we have, A high priest. We have a relationship. We have access. You and I can pray bold prayers because we have intimacy with God that produces access to the Father. You know, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he he taught the disciples to start their prayer like this What? Our Father. Our Father. Many of you, like me, you're just kind of almost instinctively now when you pray. Maybe you've been in church a long time, and so when you pray, maybe you start your prayers. I've kind of listened to myself lately, knowing this season was coming. Kind of just when I pray now, I'm just kind of listening to see how I start my prayer. And I've discovered that I just kind of instinctively, I usually start praying, Father. Why? Because it's not not ruler of the universe, though he is. Far away. That's not who he wants us to who he wants to be known by, not the ruler or the creator. He wants to be known by Father, and I know in this room today that is that is either a source of comfort and strength for you because you had a great earthly father, or maybe it's a hurdle to you because maybe you had a had an ungodly father. But I want to tell you. Praying a bold prayer is based on relationship with Him. He grants His resource to us based on our relationship with Him. Bold prayers come out of a relationship with Him. Last summer, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And uh, he'd asked me what I want to do before the summer was over. And I said, well, I'd really like to take the kids to up to the lake and take them water skiing. I kind of grew up doing that all the time and my kids have never done it. And I said, so then i go up to the lake and, and rent a pontoon boat for the weekend and so said we can teach them how to ski and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, before I got the sentence out, he said, don't do that. I said, why? He said, I own a pontoon boat. He said, it's in a slip at Grease Ferry. Just tell me when you want it and when you want it, is yours." Something happened in, this, in a span of about a second. I immediately came into possession with resources I did not own, I do not deserve, I did not pay for it, I had no right to. All of a sudden I have a right to something, I have access to something that I did not have access to before because of one thing, I have a relationship with somebody. Do you understand that when you say our Father, which are in heaven, He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. His resources are limitless, they're vast, they're beyond imagination. But when you say our Father, everything that is His, you have access. Access, so I'm gonna pray bold prayers, not because of who I am, but because who my father is. Sometimes we think our resources are what we have in our wallet, or what our best friends have, or our human relationships can produce. But I can I tell you, you have a superseding relationship if you're a child of God. See the first calling. Of every disciple is to simply be with Jesus. When Jesus called Peter, James, and John on the shore that day, he said, Come and follow me. Come be with me. And by you being with me, I'm going to make you into fishers of men. How many in the room have, have children? How many of you, your children are old enough to where they now speak? How many of you have children who speak more than you wish they would? No, I'm sorry, don't. (laughs) So, at what, at what point, at what point did you teach your child to speak? What day was it? Did you teach them when they were five days old? Did you teach them when they were five months old? Did you teach them when they were one year old? When did you teach them? Oh, did you pay someone else to teach them to talk? But yet, you just, you just confess that you are raising a house full of talkers. How do they learn to talk? By being with you. How does God transform our life? By us being with Him. Sometimes I see people stuck and and their faith in Jesus hasn't grown and I want to give them a a discipleship program. They need to come to church. But can I tell you, all of that can be short-circuited if they don't understand the need just to be with Jesus. Do you want to change quicker? Be with Him more often. Mark chapter 3 says, he appointed 12 disciples for them to be with them, be with him, and to preach the gospel. So I tell you, we've got to make sure we never substitute what we do for Jesus instead of being with Jesus. Doing cannot substitute being. By the way, being cannot substitute doing, you got to do both. But if you try to do the do without the being, you're going to have problems. Your doing for Jesus will be limited by your being with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? There's, there's a lid on what you can do for God and what, de- what determines where that lid is, is not on your talent. It's based on how much am I being with God. There is a story of a priest in Acts chapter 19, it is? Some men who tried to do for God. They tried to cast out some devils. And they did it in the name of Jesus. Who they'd heard about through Paul. And so, as they're praying, they're do, trying to do some great things. And, but how many understand their doing didn't work, right? Instead of setting people free, they got beat up. And, and that evil spirit even said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I, I know that. But, but who are you? So they, they, were, they were doing, but they hadn't been. We're, we're called, I'm just saying, the first and foremost. How do I finish strong? How do I start fresh? Let's focus on 2024. If nothing else, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with Jesus. And for men, that's tough. Because for men, we, we, we are better doers than we are beers. Right? Right? A lot of men would rather build you a fence than sit and talk for an hour. Being is sometimes a struggle. I know that because I are one. It's being. But here's the thing. It's really not either or. It's both. I'm going to be with the Father as I do what the Father instructs me to do. I'm going to to acknowledge the Lord in all my ways. I'm going to it's like that open-ended text thread you may have with a spouse or a friend. You don't, you don't start over every time. It's a continuation, being with the Father. Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says like this, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, and I want to become like Him. But it all started by knowing Him. Number two, how do I pray a bold prayer? You have to realize that bold prayers are in alignment with God's Word. I'm giving you some stuff today. Bold prayers we're praying this week. We're also starting in the morning our yearly Bible reading plan. Uh, If you would like to subscribe to that reading plan uh, with us, it can be found on the church's Facebook page. There's a link there. Just click on it, it'll sign you up. Or if you want to send me a personal text message, I can send you the link. I could, I could post it for you, but it would be this long and then you'd have to type and it's, it's, it's a headache. So the quickest way is to click on Facebook or send me a personal text. And if you do send me a personal text, uh, please let me, could you put your name for that text? And Todd, would you shoot that out of the announcement slide? There's a picture of my uh, 40 pound heavier, no, no facial hair picture with my phone number. Uh, but we'd love for you to Pastor, why do you why do you want us to read the Bible this year? Because we can't come into alignment with what you don't know. Hebrews three says, "Since we have a great High Priest who's entered into heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe." First John chapter five says, "This is the confidence we have in approaching God: that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." How am I going to know if I'm praying in accordance with his will? Well, I've got to know the word. Bold prayer aligns the word of God and aligns our lives with the word of God. I want I to just, I don't, I don't know one in this room thinks this way, but I've heard of others that do. Some people, there's this thought process process out there, thought process that, that some people believe that the spirit of God and the Word of God are at odds, and they're not. We we just celebrated Christmas. Do you remember what, what, uh, uh, what John said about Jesus? The Word became flesh, right? So Jesus is not at odds with the Word. So part of... Being with the Father is getting into His Word. Because when I fellowship His Word, I am in that moment fellowshipping with the Spirit of God. Communic- I like what Timothy Keller says. He says communication from God is communion with God, which is what His Word is. He also said this, God's, word, God's words are His personal active presence. Then put them So as you trust his word, you're putting your trust in God. We need to be people who align our lives with the word of God. We need to lead a a spirit-led life. And I'll talk about that this way this morning with this example. Pastor, what does it mean to be spirit-led? How do I know if I'm listening to the word of God? You know, when I was younger, I I was in choir a little bit. And then I married a girl who was in choir a lot. Megan was a big choir person in college. How many you have ever been, been in a choir? Church choir, school choir? A lot. Okay, so, so maybe, you can, maybe you've heard what I've said, what I'm about to say. The choir instructor that we had used to say this. If you can't hear the person next to you, what's happening? You're singing too loud. As a choir, you're supposed to be in unison, right? You're, or you might be singing different parts, but you're one voice. You may have different parts, but you're one voice. But if you're singing so loud that you can't hear the person next to you, then you're too loud. If your voice is so loud you can't hear another voice, your voice is too loud. When we read the Word of God, we have to ask ourselves whose voice am I hearing? Am I hearing my voice? am I hearing the voice of God? If all I ever hear when I pray is my voice, then maybe I'm, I'm doing too much of the talking. Because the Word and the Spirit are going to be in unison at all times. So we've got to pray prayers based on God's Word. Number three, bold prayers flow from a Spirit-led life. Hebrews chapter 4 says, He understands our weaknesses. Would you listen to this phrase? He faced all the same trials and temptations that we do, and yet he sinned not. Have you ever heard the enemy whisper in your ear that no one understands? No one understands the pain you're going through? No one understands the test you're going through. No one one understands the temptation you're going through. Well, listen to what the Word says. He understands. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your temptations. He was tempted and tried just like you and I are, but yet he did not sin. Well, how did he do that? He lived a life that was led by the Spirit. Where Where did, when we think of the... Trial and temptation of Jesus. Where do we think of those happening at? Most of us would think of them happening in the wilderness, right? When he was in the wilderness, praying and fasting. The enemy came to him and tempted him, tested him three different times. And he combated each of those three tests with the word of God. But before that occasion happens, do you hear know what the word says? The word says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. The Spirit led him not just to a place of testing. He led him to a place of triumph and power. And God will do the same for you if you'll lead a Spirit-led life. What, is, what, what does that look like? That means I'm, I'm weaving I'm responding to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I'm weaving that all through my life. Every time I get a choice to make, I'm making that choice not on what sounds natural to me, not based on what I think I'm entitled to, not what other people think I deserve, not by how I was raised. I'm responding to every choice in my life according to what the Word of God says. And I do that because the Spirit of God is speaking to me about that. We've We've got to... Actively seek God's leading us in our life. I want to make a statement to you, and then I'll try to work it out a little bit. You cannot defeat active sin with passive spirituality. That's what I mean when I say live in a spirit-led life. We can't just have this passive attitude about the things of God. We can't just say, well, if he wants me, he knows where to find me. No, we've got to be seeking him. We've got to be actively seeking him. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus tells an interesting example. He says, if an evil spirit comes out of a man, that evil spirit goes out searches for somewhere else to go. If he doesn't find a place, he says, I'll go back to the first place I was. And if he finds it empty, he finds seven other spirits and comes back in. And then the plight of that person's life is worse after than before. Now, there's a lot of spiritual applications for that, number one, evil cannot inhabit the place where God is. And so we got to make sure that we're inviting the Holy Spirit in our life. And when we do that, we don't have to live in fear of something evil trying to get inside of us. But I believe it's also a warning to say this. Living for God is not just about trying to employ some sort of standard of morality. It's not about trying to be good enough or just do the right things. The enemy is not bothered by people's morality. Because he'll come in and convince you your morality is just good enough that you really don't need you don't really need God. You don't need Jesus. I mean look how good you are by yourself. So bold prayers don't arrive by me keeping my life clean out of willpower. It comes from me keeping my life engaged in the direction of the Lord. And fourth, this morning, I'm going to close here. Bold prayers are prayed by convinced people. 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Let me ask you, how do you define God? Stingy or gracious? How do you define God? Someone who is saying, stay back. Or someone saying, come on in. So for, for way too many people, they view God as someone who is saying, stay back, stingy, I'm here to zap you if you mess up. But that's not what the word says. It says, let's come to the throne of our gracious God, our welcoming God, our equipping God, our grace-giving God. For there we not might, but we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We will receive His mercy. What is that? That's confidence. Not in confidence in who we are. Confidence in God. Being convinced that God loves us. And I think it's possible I think it's possible and needed for us to be convinced about the goodness of God and not presumptuous about the goodness of God. In other words, knowing that God is going to work for me, I'm not going to assume I know exactly how He's going to work for me, but I know He's going to work for me. His ways are higher than my ways, so I don't understand what He's doing, why He's doing it. I don't understand at times why He takes so long in one situation and seems to snap His fingers on another one. I don't understand all that. But I know He's a gracious God. And so I'm going to have boldness when I come to hell. You know, Peter, Peter was in prison and the church prayed. And I'm not sure they were really praying with expectancy because when Peter was set free and showed up on the doorstep of their prayer meeting, they kind of slammed the door in his face. They did The last person they expected to see was the guy they were praying to get out. God worked in a way different from their expectations. Paul prayed God would take this thorn out of his flesh. And instead of God removing the thorn, he gave him grace greater than the thorn. God delivered different ways, but he delivered. So let's come boldly before the throne of our gracious God, not knowing how he's going to deliver, but knowing this, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You bow your heads with this morning. I want us to close in prayer this week, or this way this morning. Big problems require bold prayers. Prayers that are bold enough to seek God beyond what other people may be saying. Bold prayers have got to be bold enough to obey God, despite what my own mind says I should do. My bold prayer is going to be bold enough to trust God, even when the results are different than what I was expecting or hoping for. Bold prayers have to stay close enough to God to receive His comfort when others, and even sometimes myself, are tempted to flee. Bold prayers come near to the Lord. The Word says this, when we draw near to Him, He's going to draw near us. Father I pray for every person in the room today they may seem to be overwhelmed with big problems. I pray in response to their big problems they will pray a bold prayer. They will discover new intimacy with you. New favor that they didn't realize they had before. A new strength that comes only from you. Do it today. Our first bold prayer we're praying this week is we're praying that people will go from lost to found. That's today's emphasis. We're praying that unbelieving families and unbelieving friends will come to faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone in this room, we have unbelieving family members. We have unbelieving friends. Some of those family members and some of those friends when you think of their name, when you see the image of their face in your mind, you think there's no way. They're too far gone. They're too far lost. They've been hurt too badly. They've been confused so drastically. There's no way that the gospel ever reached them. But instead, would you help me close this service today praying a bold prayer for your friends and your family that are away from God? Can we do that today? Would you stand with me across this room today? Would you just begin to lift up your voice for those who you know are far from God that need to come near him? Father, I'm thankful that your heart towards the lost is welcoming. Lord, you, you still wish that none would perish, but all would come to repentance and come to right relationship with you, that they would have an eternity with you, not an eternity apart from you. So, God, we pray, we lift up to you those names and faces you're, you're bringing to our minds right now. We think of those family members. Lord, some of them know exactly what the Word of God says. Some of them could quote it better than we could. Some of them are, are much more knowledgeable than God's Word than we are. But, Lord, for whatever reason, the enemy has, has snuck in and he has snuffed out their hope and their faith and their belief in you. They have allowed a cloud of darkness to cover their faith and their trust that they once had. But Lord, we pray this morning that every seed of God's word that they ever heard, we call forth fruit to come on the vine of their faith today. We pray that they would become, Lord, like, like Paul had to kick against those goads of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll begin to goad people. Make them uncomfortable in their sin. Make them uncomfortable in their life away from you. Let them see their need from you, for you. And God, put people in their path. Use us included to bring people from lost to found. But I pray as people are going back to work this week and school this week, may they've been on holiday the last few days. God, I pray those people around our cubicles and workplaces, those we interact with, those appointments that may be unsuspecting, but Lord, you highlight to us that person needs to hear a word from the Lord. Use us today to be that light in a dark place. Lord, use us to be that city set up on a hill. Lord, let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works motivated by the Father and give praise to you, Lord. Help us to pray bold prayers this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word today? Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.